Orb presents What Color is Your Clean Suit? This is Gary Butterfield. This is Cole Ross. Welcome to season five. Just, just eat the pennies. Yeah, eat the pennies, Billy. Eat the pennies, for God's sake. I cannot believe they paired uh, the slowest talking character on the show with a villain that talks slower. <laughs> the, like, it's. I was trying to figure out, because I, I was like, oh yeah, I... I you know, in on this rewatch, I was appreciating St. Cloud a little bit more than last time. Uh-huh. And I was trying to figure out what had annoyed me about this character <laughs> previous. And it's just that every scene takes like twice as long as any other scene in the show. Yes. <laughs> like, and, and just them back and forth. It just, it's so slow. They even call I, it. I, I like it, but it's slow. They even call it out in the commentary because Billy gets a couple of Wikipedia dumps. Uh, in this one, and it's like, yeah, we gave all of, we gave all of that detail to our slowest talking character. Yep. <laughs> yeah. They also, I like how they call it out. They're like, why do we do this research shit? Right. Right. It, it only ruins things. <laughs> it, and it and it does. It always yep. just has a part where they stop to show off. Uh, it's something I've, I've been, uh, you know, not. I was going to say more sensitive. It's something mm-hmm. I've always been a little bit sensitive to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brian K. Vaughn does it really badly mm-hmm. uh, in his writing. Just like whatever I happen to be, whatever the factoid, the fun fact I just learned, I got to yeah. slip it in. We talked about that in you the uh, in the episode about, uh, uh, oh gosh, the unfilmable about, not Hellraiser. What was it? Prince of Darkness. There we are. Yes. With, with the uh, uh, Carpenter getting real into just like a surface level understanding of quantum mechanics. Yes. Yeah. That's what we, we have here as well. Yes. You know, like uh, with, with that kind of stuff. And it sounds like I'm, I'm complaining. Like, this is a good episode of the yeah, show. Yeah, this, this is a, I love this episode, actually. Yeah. yeah. This, is, this is very good. This is very funny. I have, there are minor nitpicks I have mm-hmm. uh, with it, like some, some things that don't go anywhere. Yeah. You know, but it, it's, uh, it's, it's very fun. Yeah. Uh, so this is the premiere of season five. It was written by Doc Hammer and Jackson Public, and it originally aired on June 2nd of 2013. Uh, this takes place over the course of three months as Rusty rushes to assemble a ray shield for JJ's Gargantua 2 space station. Yeah. And this is a double size episode. Mm-hmm. So season uh, finale of season four, double sized. Yeah. This is double sized and we're on our way to Gargantua 2. Mm-hmm. Also double sized. Um, yeah, this was written at the end of the season, uh, so there are kind of two parts to it. Uh, one, they wanted to reestablish Rusty's concept as a failed uh, super scientist, and then two, they needed to lay the groundwork for all the stuff they had been playing with during the season. Yeah. So, you know, they're like, Hatred has breasts in mm-hmm. the season. Why does Hatred have breasts? Yeah. Here's why. Here's... The origin of them uh, titties. <laughs> yes. Uh, as, as, as establishing the breasts. And then uh, and then they're, we're going to get an explanation. Chekhov's breast. Yes. Uh, you know, like B- Billy kind of takes more of a front seat and he gets uh, he, he gets an arch an, an arch nemesis uh, in this one. Mm-hmm. So we have to kind of show the process of Augustus St. Cloud getting into uh, getting into the guild. Um, and all of this is kind of to this backdrop of this thing that I love project Palamon, um, <laughs> where working on this, uh, space technology is mutating, uh, all of these college interns and they develop a Zardoz society. Yes. Yeah. It, it, this turns into a lot of different little sci-fi movies, uh-huh. including like Ewok village. I love it. 
<laughs> the Ewok Village part's very funny to me because, of course, that music coming from. Yeah. <laughs> they're playing that. Oh, gosh. Um, I, I mean, and also, like, Thurwell is doing an incredibly good job. At, like, he's having so much fun riffing on the t- the kind of music that is in those movies. <laughs> yeah. It's very cute. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's all good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so it's, they had to, uh, they had to break it out. The reason why they had to make it an hour is because they had to establish all this stuff yes. that we talked about. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's well used. Mm-hmm. Um, good guest stars in this. Uh, Kate McKinney plays a character named Talia. Uh, mm-hmm. very funny. Your frizzly frisbee became violent. Um, <laughs> Uh, and sorry, pre cancellation, mm-hmm. uh, plays a character here, gives a real good uh, voice performance. Yep. And then Wyatt Snock, uh, Sinek as uh, Tom, and they talk about how these were just regular people and yep. they don't know how to write for them. Yeah. So they just let the, the actors kind of make them into characters. Yeah. And, and they did a good job. They happened to pick like three really good actors at making regular people, uh, charismatic, you know? Yeah. Uh, man, I just, whenever Wyatt Snack shows up as a guest voice in something, he just blows it away for me. One of my favorite, uh, kind of like underrated VO guys. Yeah, he's he is good. Mm-hmm. He's good. Um, and so weird to see Kate McKinnon show up so often on the show because it's before everyone knew her name, right? You like, know? I think I think that she was on SNL at this point, uh, maybe like or maybe as a writer or something like that. But yeah, this is well before they really put her on the front bench with uh, with 2016 Hillary stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. <sighs> <sighs> Gets, gets, yeah. get chills and thinking. before one of the only two canonical Ghostbusters movies yes. Ghostbusters answer a call <laughs> um, one of the only two canonical what's the other yeah, canonical uh, one Ghostbusters 2 okay yeah. <laughs> yeah. the uh, yeah. um yeah, yeah. So let's uh, let's get into it. It's a long episode. We got a lot to cover. Yes, we do. Uh, we open up right after uh, the end of Operation Prom. It is morning, and Brock picks up Molotov's chastity belt. He thinks he's alone, so he smells it, and surely rightfully calls him out for it. I I don't think he's smelling it for. You, you think that's? I don't think he was smelling it for pussy reasons. I think that's surely being. I being he, he gets it right him. up to his snoot, and he, he he does a big pull off of it. Yeah, no, he smells it, but it's not for pussy reasons. He's smelling know. it because he's trying to, to, he's like snuffing for clues. He's, like, he's, been, he's like, like he's, tell he's, me you didn't wake up fu- just to smell your panties. And he, he's like, I'm not in the mood, man. He's like, he's, he's not fucking Wolverine, dude. <laughs> I, I don't, it makes no sense for him to be doing it for horny reasons. I, I don't think he's doing that. Yeah. I think the joke is that surely makes that joke. Okay. And, and Brock brushes him off because he's not in a joking mood. True. His, uh, his, his, his old flame just died or so he thinks yeah, like, yeah, uh, I do. I don't do not. Maybe her perfumes on it or something. Huh, I don't. There's there's no horniness to it. In a way, <laughs> yeah. I, I I guarantee I'm right about this. I don't want to fight about it for the whole episode. But nope, we're not moving on until we settle this. If, the, uh, if, if you're listening to this, go ahead and, and vote in. But I think that to to me, it felt clear in the scene mm-hmm. that the 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 beats were surely was joking and he is mm. upset. Yeah, yeah. Um. um we we, we, we we can proceed. Uh, the Outrider drops Dean back off, um, and I'm very happy that Dean has stuck to his guns uh, and yeah. uh, continues his stance toward uh, toward him is go fuck yourself. Yeah, I, t- I thought I told you to fuck off. Mm-hmm. Great line. Yeah. Um, he goes looking for Hank, uh, but Hank's not there because Hank is uh, has been statutorily raped by his best friend's uh, mom sister. Yes. Yeah. So. She's uh, hovering over his sleeping body, sleeping on Dermot's uh, Dermot's floor. Uh, and she's being real creepy, saying, you smell like gasoline. 
Uh, but then, yeah, uh, it's real weird. <laughs> then, this also never goes anywhere. Yeah. Uh, in this episode, it's not even commented upon. Nope. Like, Hank just got laid, uh, presumably, and then nothing nothing comes of it. It's very strange. Yeah. Um, but uh, Dermot's quote mom comes and kicks him out, or comes and kicks Hank out, and he wants nothing to do with adventures. Uh, yeah. uh, Sergeant Hatred, he thinks he's going to be reunited with uh, Princess Tiny Feet. He's talking with her about uh, how they're going to live their new life as he, again, carries her tied up over his shoulder back to the house in Malice. Uh, but who greets him at the door but Scorpio? Yes. Uh, basically putting an end to that character. I love this in the commentary. It's like, well, there goes Princess Tiny Feet. And give her like three <laughs> lines. Uh, you know, and it's, it's just to put uh, Hatred's not going to have his happy ending here no, no. Uh, he also basically is fine too yeah yeah uh with this thing that he was like crying and freaking out about last season like this opening is where like a lot of the plots that like, don't go anywhere yeah kind of start yeah. just kind of doing doing a bit uh, of a reset for us i mean also like reminding us of what happened at the end of operation prom because as of the time this came out it was like three years yeah yeah, absolutely. Like you need the the reminder for sure. Yeah. Uh, the monarch and Doctor Mrs. The Monarch take a cab home. Dart the driver, uh, and the idea is that the monarch is in denial about twenty one quitting. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, this segues us over to twenty one, where OSI soldiers draw their gun on him. He's sleeping in the Sphinx headquarters after prom. Yes. And, and Hunter demands an explanation from him. Rusty wakes up. I love that he's sleeping in nothing but a dicky. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, very, very funny. Yeah. Uh, JJ's there, you know, JJ who hasn't been around all season four, basically mm-hmm. um, wanting an update on the Ray shields. Yeah. You know, he, he contracted his brother, uh, you know, and uh, Rusty's like, Oh, you know, it's, it's happening. I can't hear you over the Ray shielding you know, at the factory. <laughs> yeah. um, he's, he hasn't done this at all. No. He goes to wake up the woman in his bed and she's one of the fly monsters. Of course. You know, big joke that he ended up betting one of the, uh, the fly creatures. <laughs> uh it's it's weird that brock missed one um yeah you know and speaking of brock letting things gets away get away he climbs down to the wrecked limo and uh uh, curses he stabs monstrosa's body and it deflates it is a decoy uh their work is not done yet both maul and monstroso are at large yes Uh, a bummer i would have just preferred the molotov that was a good climax for that story it was you know, again, like uh, most of my quibbles with this episode are in this first part. Yes. Kind of what's setting up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll, uh, we go back. All the Sphinx people are packing up their stuff to head back to OSI uh, since Hunter is the new HNIC of OSI. We're mm-hmm. no longer on the blacklist. Um, <laughs> and uh, they're leaving 21 behind. He's like, hey, don't I get uh, grandfathered in? Doesn't work that way. Um, you know, what am I supposed to do? Well, it's paid up for the year. Go nuts. Mm-hmm. You're Sphinx <laughs> now. He's, he's Sphinx. Uh, so now 21 is the sole commander of Sphinx. Yeah. And just kind of becomes a groundskeeper. It's very funny. Uh, uh, Rusty's called conjectural technologies over to the kitchen and he's explaining the remit of their, uh, their project. Uh, he's demonstrating space debris by throwing ketchup packets at hatred. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and or Hank is the one throwing this uh, and as he demonstrates the cosmic rays by flashing the flashlight at him and going it's very cute God, I just love Hank uh, Billy says you know this will take years and Rusty says we have exactly three months to do it mm-hmm. so uh, he's taking a science thing and he fucked up yeah he's getting his friends to uh, bail him out uh, Dean walks in dressed up in black in a black speed suit carrying a can of gasoline uh, and he's out he goes out to the, lo- the lawn to burn his uh, his learning bed 
yeah. sweater vest, everything except for Mr. Ricci. Yeah, it's it's very sweet how he is about to throw him in, but uh, but but retains retains him. That is a uh, yeah. you know, uh, yeah, I, I like that. It's endearing. And uh, Rusty runs up saying like, "Hey, is this your pyromaniac phase?" And Dean starts rattling off like all of these little facts just about keywords that Rusty says, and then goes into the speech saying like, "Hey, you know, like this this bed like taught me a lot of shit, but not anything real. Like I've never even French kissed a girl." Like, this is this is BS. Yeah. You know, I need to be my own person. I don't want to be a boy adventurer, or a super scientist. He needs to kind of stand up and be himself. Right. Yeah. And R- Rusty says, you know, uh, OK, well, if you help me with my project, you can have the attic. Mm-hmm. You know, have your own room, have your own space. Uh, <laughs> ipso facto. Uh, Hank gets his own Hank cave. Uh huh. I, I love that they describe it as Dean going Greg Brady, uh, sure. an actual an, an actual episode of the Brady Bunch where Greg uh, uh, gets his own bachelor pad. It is the most embarrassing seventies ass thing in the entire world up in the attic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, uh, classic Greg Brady. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, when it's time to change. Yeah. Uh, so we, we get a montage of them getting the compound ready to do this, uh, they had to clean out the factory, uh, get the gorillas out of the Eden, um, <laughs> as a callback to the buddy system. Um, I love, you know, Billy come there, you know, comes out covered in stakes and hatred shoots the gorilla and then all the babies wander out. <laughs> That's so funny. Like hatred just like super sad. Just, just uh, crying, and just, as, yeah. crying as he pulls back the bolt on his rifle. <laughs> yeah, very oh. good. Oh, man. Uh, so it's been some time. Pete and Billy ask for some payment, uh, but he blew through the advance years ago uh, again. Uh, but he has got a line. He's he's going to uh, get some uh, get some cash to set up the operation. His best customer is showing up and warns them, hey, he's kind of a he's a bit of a pill, uh, but uh, don't worry. And up comes the Batmobile and Billy mm-hmm. is pissed off because it's his rival. Yeah, the Batmobile from uh, from Batman Two, mm-hmm. very specifically, Augustus St. Cloud. Uh, the uh, St. Cloud is a lot, speaks really really slowly. Mm-hmm. The performance of Doc Hammer as Billy hating him, mm-hmm. like every single time he says St. Cloud is really good. <laughs> yep, it's uh, got it's real uh, hello Newman uh, kind yeah. of energy. <laughs> Cloud, like just choking on his rage. <laughs> uh, yeah and augustus um, st cloud he's he's extremely rich he's very wealthy uh he has kind of like a like a, a what does that hair do it's like a mod bowl bowl cut kind of thing it's like a prince valiant almost yeah haircut yeah you know, yeah it's a it's like this mod haircut he's a chunky little man mm-hmm. and he speaks uh, yeah. speaks mm, uh kind of, kind of everything has that kind of that kind of lilt to it yeah, as just as a joke one-off character from Tag Sell You're It. Like, <laughs> doing Buffy's own Sarah Michelle Gellar. Green yeah. eggs. <laughs> uh, the, uh, him being a rival for Billy makes sense because he is a collector who does not actually appreciate the stuff. Yeah. It's, he it's, just is there for the, like the, the value of it. Yeah, it's just the, about uh, accumulation and rarity as opposed to the actual, you know, specialness of the, you know, inherent to the things. Yeah, about being a fan. Um, so he's here. Uh, he's just been buying all this old venture stuff, which pisses Billy off because Billy's the biggest fan of the old rusty venture show. Yeah. He doesn't have the money though. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, Dean talks uh, to about his new style to Sergeant Hatred. You know, black is how I feel, so black is what I wear. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, as they're they're sitting there uh, at a table at the for the Paleomon project, um, recruiting at the State University. There. Yeah. And uh, Talia walks up. Our first introduction to her. Um, this is like, I think this is all saved in the performance. The yes. idea of an incredibly politically correct college student. He's a little tired. Is, yeah, it's a little bit of a tired joke. The performance is really good. Yes. Yeah. Uh, here and the the uh, little ad libs and stuff that she throws in there are really good. Your frisbee turned violent. Yeah. Turned. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. good. They, and they they they, um, they they don't hammer it very much. Like once the plot gets going, she drops that tick and kind of goes full you know whole hog into the uh, uh into the mythology. Yes, she wants to be the queen uh, in the second age. When uh, Dean, when you know he gets hit by the frisbee, he kind of has this little fantasy uh, about him and Thal- Talia. Each one ends with her just placing her hand on his dick. <laughs> yep. And then the final one where there are, it's a Star Wars poster and she does it and then the alien does it as well. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's really good. Yeah, I love it. Um, yeah, yeah but, the, but they hit it off. She is immediately into Dean and he's immediately into her. But it cannot be because she has manufacturing class. She cannot come to the house. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so we, we go to Rusty addressing the interns. Um, you know, you're here because you're the best of the best. And we get one of the guys like, I major in sports medicine. <laughs> uh, and basically they all go along with it. Uh-huh. One of the weird, like, so this is a, this has a more elastic cartoony reality than the show has had. Yeah. Previous to this, like, this is a really silly episode. It's extremely silly. Show. Yeah. Like this, nobody acts like they would act mm-hmm. uh, in this in a way that, I like it because I love the the show mm-hmm. and I think the episode's really fun, but it kind of is indicative of season five's like we're a cartoon, damn it. Yeah. You know, uh, through line. The, the, uh, I think that that sense of unreality is saved because Rusty is the only person who um, continues to act like he would uh, because of his obliviousness and self-centeredness. I'd like, I, I, mm-hmm. I like that contrast. I think that's a really good thing. I mean, the, the payoff, you know, the, the payoff line for 21 where he says working for you in the monarch is basically the same thing yeah. um, is incredibly yeah. good. It, it's the, he, he acts fine. It's more like these interns mm-hmm. that I don't, that I kind of don't get. Yeah. You know, it's very weird mm-hmm. uh, to me that they all just go along with it. And like, we're going to live here unpaid <laughs> and become slaves Yeah, and just instantly go along with it. <laughs> Yeah. You know, uh, it, it, it ends up making, cause generally like venture brothers is about the contrast of the venture world. Yeah. And when you run into people from the real world, they're not like in on it. Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, that man, that compound's fucking creepy. You know, they have all these dead bodies buried. They're a big mess of dead kids. Uh-huh. Like they react realistically and that's the joke. Yeah. And here he just happened to find hundreds of people who are just giant yeah. why nots. Yeah. You know, uh, it's strange. Yep. It's it's like it ends up clashing a little bit for me. It's worth it because like, where where you get with it is fun. Yes, but it doesn't. It feels like a mild betrayal of one aspect of the show. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, so uh, you know, hatred says you know your crowd work is really bad. He gives his like you know you're in immediate danger. <laughs> or you're in incredible danger mm-hmm. uh, because Doc has many enemies. Um, and they split them up into different colored clean suits where we're getting our, our title from. Yes. Um, the white clean suits are development class. The orange clean suits are manufacturing class and the green clean suits are 
special class, which are slaves. Yes. Rusty slaves who all have the same name. Yes. Uh, They they are Rusty's personal servants. Uh, They're the only ones who are allowed in the house. And then Hank, he takes the mic. Uh, you know, since he has a captive audience, he is going to uh, set up a company store uh, at Hanko Superworld that will that will provide for all of their needs. This would be a good plan uh, if he didn't just issue his own currency. <laughs> yeah, Hank bucks. It's like that. It's always sunny uh, thing where they do the the Patty's bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, like oh, then they'll come back and spend regular money. Yeah. Huh. So, yeah. I mean, David Busters makes it work. Yeah, exactly. So Hank can do it too. I love, uh, I love the Hank bucks. I love the, the picture of him with a beard on one side and then Enrico <laughs> Montoya on the other side. Yeah. And also in the commentary, them talking about like, oh yeah, that was a day when we sent this off to the printers to have them print us some Hank bucks and they wouldn't do it. <laughs> it makes me really wish that I got Hank bucks because they, they went with a towel that was a giant Hank buck mm-hmm. that you could buy. Um, it's in the back of the art book. They show all the merchandise they've done. Uh, that towel is now impossible to get, but I would love to have the gigantic Hank Buck towel. Oh, yeah. It came with real Hank Bucks. <laughs> uh, so as the uh, as the kind of flourish to this, Rusty hits the button to activate his model of some of the technology here, and it overloads and magnet- magnetically pulls all of the electronics into it, starting off the uh, the project with a uh, with a disaster. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so R- Rusty just kind of walks around giving little pep talks to everyone, you know, yeah. just kind of thinks it's going to it's work work itself out. Yeah. He's, he's, he's doing um, his, like his version of contributing, doing the whole management by walking around kind of thing. Like, yeah. it's very good. Um, they built a functioning shield, mm-hmm. which is pretty impressive uh, here. Um, they uh, they show, uh, you know, when somebody stands behind it and they start ta- using uh, pitching tennis balls at it. And, and, you know, there's like, oh, you know, but mother, you know, space doesn't play gentle and he tosses a rock through, uh, the rock goes right through the shield, um, ricochets to a ray cannon that, uh, seemingly dissolves the intern. Yep. I love the way he comes back later. He's out of phase. Uh, they do like an event horizon thing. I, I've, I've got a mild bone to pick with that scene, but we'll, we'll get to it. Okay. Uh, I like, I like that it happens. Yes. Um, but, uh, uh, James Urbania has delivery on your figures are bad. They're bad figures. <laughs> yeah. They, they had double checked. Martin had double checked the figures. Yes. Uh, and he has to go take a timeout in the Faraday cage. Again, <laughs> I have no idea why these students are dealing with, you know, putting up with any of this. Oh, they're powerless. They've um, got to get their credit. There's a, yeah, it's not like you can complain about your boss at an internship. Ah, you, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, the, uh, the, um, so his watch gives him a radiation warning. So he's going to get out of there, which is going to be our, our little load bearing plot thing. Yes. Um, you know, hatred watches the, the Palemon uh, interns leave the factory and go into this Eden and draws a gun on 21 thinking like, what are you going to be up to? And he, mm-hmm. you know, what are you doing here? And he's patrolling the Sphinx perimeter. Yeah. He's the Sphinx guy. Yeah. Uh, and they, they, they take swipes at each other's weight and 21 points out hatred's uh, even more pronounced breasts. Uh, which is, you know, going to be a thing. That's well, really good. They're getting more and more. They're going to become more pronounced as yes. the, uh, the stuff happens. These are just normal man breast. Yeah. He's going to get uh gigantic, you know, uh, Lady Dimitrescu breast. <laughs> yeah. He's going to get a, he's going to get big supernaturals. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so over at the, uh, at the cocoon, the monarch is lying on his bed. He's dressed like Cal Drogo from game of Thrones. Uh, getting ready to have sex with uh, Dr. Mrs. The Monarch and calls her in, but she comes in dressed as Rocky. Yeah, very good. Uh, <laughs> you know, I thought you told you said you were dressed up like Drogo. 
<laughs> or, Dan, or Drago. Yeah. Drago. You know, uh, and they, they get into this, uh, this little fight. Uh, yeah. The monarch's like, you know, you, you used to watch that with me every, every week. turns out, you know, you watch that with 21. Uh, and Tim Tom walks in, uh, just like, <laughs> you gotta do it, rock. They just, uh, it's very funny. Yeah. I mean, so, so like, th- like this would be kind of lame, like, haha, one character kind of sounds like another to a certain degree to me. Like, we just got to get some Game of Thrones in here. Uh, it's leavened mm-hmm. by, uh, you know, the sad detail about the monarch in 21, right? But Tim Tom, uh, being dressed up as Mickey, uh, takes it to the, it takes it like up a level. And then, uh, Kevin walking in dressed as Clubber Lang takes it up five That's levels so good. like how are they going yeah. to be involved in this <laughs> <laughs> no i don't know like what it, it's it's great i also i like the detail from the uh the commentary of this being because this was before game of thrones uh you know ended and everyone hated it mm-hmm. um when it was still a thing that like a person could be into and somebody else could just like never have heard of yeah you know basically like this it mirrors conversations that uh doc and jackson had yeah yeah because jackson was way into game of thrones and doc hammer obstinately has not seen a single frame yeah no waiting for it to end uh there's also the weird little bit of like him watching a deadwood commentary and Mm -hmm. like you're the only person in the world watching the deadwood commentary right now (laughs) like uh, years after it ended yep uh yeah Yeah. so uh very cute little scene Mm -hmm. um we go back um you know, to the green clean suits inside the, the compound, uh, they're all named Tom. And one of them, uh, brings Rusty a docktail. Uh, you know, he's drinking, there's no, no such thing as too much grenadine. Yes, there uh, is. Maybe think it's a, a red mocha cooler. It's so thick. Grenadine is yeah. so thick. There's a, a healthy pour of grenadine <laughs> in, uh, in this drink in the recipe. Yeah. Um, a tall pour, I think is what he Ew. says. Uh, and a horn blows and we get some dramatic music. Uh, there's a you know, great dread uh, as the greens, you know, they're, they're not exposed to the radiation, but they must uh, go uh, live in the Eden. Uh, and this Tom, the, the main one, uh, uh, begs Rusty, hey, can I can I can I stay with you? We are in danger out there. And Rusty's like, oh, they're just jealous because you get to work so close to you can get work so close to greatness, you know, and then sends them away anyway. Rusty oblivious to uh, the society that is forming on his on his compound. Yeah, uh, the uh, so Rusty hears hatred yelling. Uh, what he yells is he does the little thing from a Christmas Carol. Yes, like he does, apparition spirit. That's the thing that that seems dumb to me. I don't know mm. why he would do this little rehearse rehearse speech about this ghost, and he's like he's scared of it in a religious way. He's mm-hmm. a ghost specter who torments me. And that just doesn't sound like hatred to me. Yeah. It just feels like a reference for the sake of doing a reference. It's it's, it's also a little bit much in the same episode where he does Charlton Heston uh, in Planet of the Apes and Soylent Green. Yeah. And th- yeah, th- th- those make a little bit more sense because it leans into the, you know, the dystopic the sci-fi genres. thing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a weird because the show, you know, and they, they talk about the, you know, part of the thing that's special about the show And I wonder if this is going to end up feeling like a through line through season five for me, because Mm -hmm. I have a vague sense that I don't like season five as much as its surrounding seasons. Mm -hmm. Um, And part of it is like, they talk about how their humor uh, comes across honestly, like it's character based. Mm -hmm. It's kind of not in this episode. Yeah. Like there's, there's good character work that happens in it, but it's really inconsistent Mm. in this stuff. Uh, You know, so we have stuff like this, like hatred acting like this, which doesn't make any sense. Uh, you know, to me, it's just for like a little reference. It's not even a joke. Yeah. It's just like, what if he says the thing from something different? Yeah. Yeah. You know? 
that shit bums me out. I, I think that's for lesser shows. Yeah. And to, you, to you just know. have somebody parade a line from another thing. Yeah. They, they, they could have gotten around that just by having to say, oh my gosh, it's a ghost, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, anything. You know, yeah. and then this also doesn't go anywhere. Like right, it doesn't right. like this feels, you know, they call it out. And I'm really glad they called it out in the commentary because when I was watching it again, I was like, oh, I've totally forgot about this. And yeah. it's because it doesn't. It's like the start. It's like a dangling plot. Yeah, I mean, it, like, you know? like, like this is the this is a weirdly. I mean, it's a payoff to the the guy who was dissolved earlier. Um, yeah, you know, and it just it, there, there's no there's no third step to it. it doesn't it, him just being dissolved also would have been like that was a payoff. Yes, that wasn't that wasn't a, a question. You mm-hmm. know, it was just the joke was oh, science, super science happened. Yeah, it was more dangerous than he's leading them to believe. Mm-hmm. And then this is them twisting the knife by saying he's an intern who's out of phase, mm-hmm. you know, uh, here, like he's begging for death and everything. And it just feels like a hat and a hat yeah, to me. Yeah. Um, and then that ha- doesn't, doesn't do anything. Yeah. It's just another stone piled onto rusty being oblivious and callous, you know, he's like, Hey, yeah. have, have you, have you figured out, a, have you developed the thing that would let you get back into phase yet? No. All right. We'll get back to work. You know, not yeah. We well, can't get back to work. He's screaming agony, he's, stuck in your compound. Yeah, he's he, he's in the dong? he's in the nega world or whatever it is. <laughs> like, yeah, you're not making any sense, Rusty. Mm-hmm. You know, usually the character like nothing will take me out of something than more than characters is acting stupid. Yeah, like if they act unintelligent, it will throw me out of things. Like, yeah, there's a there's a you know they're not the brightest bulbs, right? Mm-hmm. He's a failed super scientist, right? But he's also he would know better than that. Hmm. You know, it's actually what it is, is he makes that line. Here's what it is. This is the season where the characters start making jokes for the audience Mm. instead of each other. So that like, get back to work, mister. That's like a little, like there'd be a sitcom laugh at that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but he knows that that's not realistic. Like his character would know, but it's just for us. And that feels wrong to me. It doesn't feel very Venture Brothers. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 yeah, I'm hearing what you're, what you're saying. It just, it just didn't stick out that much for me. So that's why I'm not like, yeah. like, uh, yes, ending you on it. No, it's, it's, it's coupled with the, the, the hatred thing. Yeah, of just this scene. It's not, a, it's not a huge deal or anything. Like, I ended up liking this episode, but I wonder if that, what I was like subconsciously picking up on when I watched season five mm-hmm. before, like several times, and didn't like very much, was more of that. Yeah, and I'll keep you an know? eye out for it. At, you know, yeah, to, to, to see if I can back you up on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, this is, there's a commercial break and this is where the Halloween special would have happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they have done that. Um, Dean's talking to Talia, you know, about how he's a clone. He feels very alone mm-hmm. uh, there. Uh, Rusty shows up and says, Hey, you know, white clean suits aren't allowed in the house, you know? <laughs> uh, and he says, you, you know, Talia, you better tell her, tell, tell him about uh, what happened to you. Yeah. And so she she opens up her clean suit, says this old seems sexual, but it's not. Um, and mm-hmm. shows that she has grown uh kind of two wiggly little arms, a little bit lower than her uh normal arms on her torso. Uh being exposed to the radiation is causing uh causing these mutations, and the arms are kind of uh not not that <laughs> that's not the extent of it even. Um, and she's like, yeah, is there something we should do about this? Uh, and Rusty again is playing it down like, oh, that's happened to me before. Don't worry. You can use those to speed up working on the project, you know, just kind of turning everything into, you know, saving his ass, uh, for the contract with his brother. Yeah. Eyes on the prize. Yeah. Um, we go back to St. or we go to St. Cloud. We see the outside of his house. Uh, they did not get as much detail as they wanted mm-hmm. for the outside of his house. Um, and I don't think this ends up becoming an establishing shot we use a lot 
No, but there is this no. like beautiful painted version of the outside of his house. <laughs> I, love, um, I love that it has the pyramid from the outside of the Louvre. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it, it, a lot of things he stole from the Louvre and an Apple store. Yep. Um, he's giving a tour to watch and ward uh, here, takes him to his sunken little lounge uh, to discuss business. Um, and he's basically just donated a lot of money to the, the Guild Widows and Orphans Fund <laughs> to get fast tracked yeah. uh, into the Guild. Yeah, he's just cutting through all the red tape with his inordinate amount of money. Um, mm-hmm. you know, because they asked him like, oh, so you're saying cloud, do you have like weather powers? No, he's just like Lex Luthor. His power is that he's rich. He's uh, very rich. Yes. Uh, and like, yeah. okay, well, let's get you set up with an arch and they pull it out. And of course the first page, they open up to his Dr. Quim. I love that. They just, that, that, that nobody's buying, <laughs> nobody's buying the Dr. Yep. Quim stock. <laughs> Nobody wants to arch. That's still in that weird, all female venture brothers universe. <laughs> they, they ended out. Yes. Uh, but uh, St. Cloud says there's no need for that. Uh, I will only accept one arch, uh, Billy Quizboy, because he took something from me. Yeah. Which we'll find out what a little bit yes. later. Yeah. Uh, you know, back at the the factory, things are getting weird. Uh, the Venture flag has been painted over with with red. The orange jumpsuits are really big, and they have this scary monstrous voice. <laughs> uh, the white jumpsuits all have four arms, and Rusty is not really noticing. Mm-hmm. As he walks in, uh, Billy's like, close that door, get in here. Um, it's Billy's little lead-lined room, and he explains, you know, this place is an incubator for genetic mutations. Yeah. Uh, because of all the radiation. Yeah, so the white jumpsuits are now super smart, and they have telekinesis. And the orange guys, he couldn't draw any uh, draw any blood uh, because they developed a carapace. It's a bunch of Ben Grimm's running around. Yeah, I, lo- I love the orange guys. <laughs> uh, they're, they're very funny in this to me. Um, the uh, hatred's like that's not all, and he opens up his shirt and he has now has boobs. Yes, uh, gigantic uh, breasts. <laughs> I, I love that they are that they are drawn and like incredibly detailed. Like they are very clearly, you know, fem- feminine breasts, and they can show them bare because they're attached to hatred. <laughs> yep, yep. We defy you to masturbate to this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where there's a will, yeah. there's a way, my friend. I. <laughs> uh, 21 is raking up leaves uh, on the Sphinx perimeter, and the monarch comes down and gets his attention. Uh, he's dressed in a clean suit. He thinks he killed one of the Venture brothers to get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 21's like, no, that was probably just a Palemon uh, intern. Yeah. You know, leave me alone again. And a monarch is not taking no for an answer. No. He wants to know what the pale men are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hatred uh, shoots him off, does a warning shot. And before he leaves, he asks uh, 21 who the rightful heir to the Iron Throne is. He says Daenerys Targaryen, uh, trying to mind games him back into his employee. Yeah, yeah. Just say like, hey, remember, remember talking about that show? It was fun, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Over at Hanko, Hank is selling an orange jumpsuit to a monstrously (laughs) big guy. So good. (laughs) It it just cuts over to him. He's like, that'll be, you know, 38 Hank bucks. He goes, do they come in bigger? Uh, and then he says, uh, well, you no, but you can check in with our in-house tailor and Dermot is just working there as a tailor. <laughs> I love how straight laced Dermot is on this when yeah. he just like says, oh yeah, nobody's eating out in this economy. It's just so, like, it's very funny. Just great. Like growing up Dermot eyes on the prize working his job here. What is he? Is he being paid in Hank bucks? I have no idea. He just wants to be part of the gang. Yeah. Uh, uh, hey, it's very funny. <laughs> Hatred calls over. He's running the, uh, he's, he's, he's running the, the, the hash house here. Uh, says like, Hey, do you want anything off the griddle? And I just, I, I love this. I love the delivery on this line. No griddle snacks. We only eat student green. <laughs> uh, no griddle <laughs> snacks is amazing. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, all the stuff with the uh, the orange or, orange clean suit guys are great. <laughs> uh, you know, Hank says like if, if the diner business doesn't pick up, he's gonna have to let him go. Uh, yeah. And like he's just like oh, like really upset. <laughs> and that's where Dermot says it's the economy; people just aren't eating out like they used to. Just pretty wise, Dermot. <laughs> uh, so a, a green clean suit is nervously uh, crossing the uh, the compound, and this the, this orange green suit, you know, says they are running errand for master like a good little Tom. Um, yes. and uh, there's kind of a regrettable roots slavery. Yeah, I angle don't care. To this whole thing. I'm glad you said it and not me. I don't care well, for they, that. They say it on the commentary too. They, they, like they, they talk about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's the, a, there's a lot of parody. Like that was that was your slave name. Like there's tons of roots parodies in this. Yeah, that 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 probably wouldn't have been done today. Uh, like the fact yeah. that all the, the fact that all of them are called Toms is a fun joke. Uh, inside. You know, like just it just happens to be that all their names are Tom, but like turning that into like a weird racial thing is uh, it, it clangs a little bit in 2021. It's pretty bizarre. Yeah, or 2022 when uh, people are listening to this. Yeah, it well, and it ends up being the um, you know, again some of the homage stuff that happens here, where it's just characters saying lines from other things. Mm-hmm. They're not things the characters would say. It just ends up as a reference for the audience. Yes, like during the the Kunta Kinte, like what is your name? Mm-hmm. you know uh scene that's just for the audience yes it's just to reveal you know? hatred's you know unfortunate first name yeah. yeah uh so so the big guy pulls off his hood he's he looks like killer croc <laughs> uh and then eats the green jumpsuit guy uh head first while hatred uh looks on after leaving his shift yeah yeah he's uh, try, trying to figure out what uh what student green is so he can start serving it but you know oh god it's people student green is made out of people um yep, little soil and green uh, reference there. Um, the the uh, they capture him at this point. He gets carried away by orange jumpsuits. There's a little cute little bit of trivia here, where Jackson was doing research on this and found a YouTube clip of this uh, with his crossfade, thinking it was from the movie, uh, but it was a YouTube edit. Mm-hmm. So he you know put a lot of work into matching this dissolve cut that's not actually in Soylent Green. <laughs> it works though. I, I like it. You know that, that that kind of long dissolve would have been used in one of those films. Soylent Green is so fucking boring. Oh my god. Have you ever seen it? Oh, God, yeah, I've seen it. It's like yeah. nothing happens. Nothing happens. It's like the blandest thing. Yeah. It's it's horrendous. Mm-hmm. It's a horrible movie. Yeah. Um, you know, eating people is scary. Uh-huh. How do you make it not scary? Yeah. You just kind of save that detail for the end. You know, like yeah. and it's then a lot of people in jumpsuits talking. Yeah. And it's mostly about like how messed up that society is. Like, you know, that's supposed to be the coup de gras on top, the big reveal, literally right as the movie ends. <laughs> yeah yeah what a, what a bullshit movie yeah well give me logan's run please yeah okay. yeah um uh, so the dressy gets a phone call at 3 a.m uh jj calling for a status update you know he's like you can't you can't take uh deliver this kind of hot news untested mm-hmm. and he's like you can't test that in earth's atmosphere <laughs> well you know you better show up <laughs> yeah. uh the, the, the last uh, the last super scientist to try that is now billed as palo the human beetle but at least he's in show business right <laughs> yeah. so that's gonna have a weird payoff mm-hmm. this uh, that we're gonna get like this is a through line palo the human beetle yeah uh so it's 20 27 hours to deliver um, he calls hatred to try to get him to get everybody into shape, but hatred is tied up in a hut next to the main Tom. Yeah. Uh, and this is where, he, you know, the main Tom is like, I can't believe he hasn't figured out what's happening yet. <laughs> uh, Rusty's not exactly the, you know, the sharpest tool in the shed. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. Uh, so what's happening is Martin has taken control of the interns. You know, we have kind of an Eloy and Mor- Morlock thing going on. Uh, and uh, he's going to use the Palamon rays to mutate the entire world. They kind of have this uh, this apocalypse plan and Martin will, r- will rule over them. Uh, and again, just how quickly they, 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 they come up with this mythology and why it's an act is delivering this completely straight faced. But there's a story among our people that there will come a savior, the Lee Hun Tuk. <laughs> mm-hmm. The uh, hatred calls us out. It's like, boy, you guys move fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, well, we're just a bunch of college students. Of course we did. Yeah. And again, like, I I mean, I'm, I gotta be me. It still just feels <laughs> weird for them to do that to me. Huh? I don't, people are dying. Yeah. Like, why are you playing in the game? You know, you're not guild operatives. You're just college students. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, your, uh, your commitment to this bit in the face of literally dying yeah. shows you know, it pushes my 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 disbelief. Yeah, I and guess it's much more grounded. And, and I and that. I think that I think that for me, you know, maybe it's maybe it's kind of like the uh, the uh, everybody comes to Hank's thing, where like I, I the, the, it, like it it works, so I don't mind it. Like I think this is very funny, so I'm not tearing it apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't. I I think that the parts of this that are funny to me are more in the small details, mm-hmm. like them just coming up with the mythology isn't inherently good to me. Yeah. Like Dean interfacing with the mythology is fun. Yeah. But them just doing it just feels stupid mm. to me. Yeah. I just, I, I love that they just, that, that they just have a nonsense sci-fi word for it because of course they do. Yeah. 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 It, it would make to me, if I, if I were going to do a, you know, I would chalk it up to the radiation or something like that. Yeah. So yeah. like it's accelerating, you know, they're, you know, it's changing their brains or something like that mm-hmm. rather than just being like, of course we're doing it. We're nerds. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to die. Like mm-hmm. seconds after this, you get pulled away to be eaten alive. <laughs> you know, like it is so weird that you're just like down to do this little performance for hatred mm-hmm. in the face of literally being eaten alive. Yeah. You know? Uh, so he's, he's pulled away. says, don't cry for me. Tell my story. Uh, and then we get uh, another Charlton Heston thing. Uh, hatred is shouting. It's a madhouse, a madhouse from uh, uh, Planet of the Apes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so Dean is hanging out with uh, Talia in the the tunnels under the compound. Um, and she's trying to convince him, like, you know, you need to talk to your dad and do something because mm-hmm. uh, they're planning to mutate the entire world. Uh, I love this. This is one of my favorite jokes in this thing. She starts speaking to him telepathically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, come challenge Tom for leadership and I'll be your queen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can think telepathically too. Just think it into my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all he can do is have this running commentary about what boobs are like. Yep. Uh, which him being really horrible at the silent tongue uh, <laughs> is very good to me. Just because he can't concentrate because he's a teenager. He's not touched yeah. a boob yet. So he's wondering if some are soft and if some are extra soft. <laughs> yeah. And, and oh, yeah. Uh, Triana had boobs as well. You know, uh-huh. just like cataloging his, I, his boob thoughts. Yeah, and I, she eventually is like, okay, let's not do that anymore. Yeah, you're, you're really bad at this. I hope they're not all mutated and dripping acid or something. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, so um, the monarch and Dr. Miss the monarch, you know, the, the monarch wants to replicate this. He wants to create his own mutant army, you know, when, 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 when they raise the stakes, we, we, we raise the stakes even more. Um, and it says, so, you know, the, the, the orange ones are as big as Andre giants, which is a fun I, I line. That. that is very good. Andre giants is very funny. Yeah. And Dr. Miss <laughs> uh, the monarch is explaining this, uh, examining the cells from the, from the jumpsuits saying like, yeah, they're really profoundly mutated. Something, something awful is happening over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so the monarch wants to do make his own counter 
mutants yes. uh, here, uh, kind of starting their their subplot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at six a.m., uh, Rusty yells uh, at Billy for the crack team he's assembled for this, mm-hmm. uh, which is just the people who have been hanging around. Yeah, it's just, it's just know, all white twenty one Dean Dermot. The only Hank. just like all all their friends, the only people who have ever been there. <laughs> Sorry, I don't have Jason Statham on speed dial. Yeah, yeah. The uh, a person they've they've uh, pinned their ninety four theses. Uh, written in Klingon and high elven on someone's skin. Yep. Uh, to the wall of the factory. <laughs> just just a whole a whole skin flayed out like that. I love that it's tattooed on. Um, and, you know, uh, 21 can you know, just barely read it and he's be properly translated. Uh, but what they want is, uh, you know, for the sun to, sh- to rise on the sons of Palamon with rays of global dominion. <laughs> uh this is this is where Billy just explains the ninety four theses. Yeah, which like to, to people I, I, inherently. I, I mean, I don't know. It feels like somebody who is old enough to watch the Venture Brothers understands that knows who Martin Luther was. It's weird the things in this show they'll let people look up. Yeah, because they'll constantly do. So they'll drop a name and just drop the name. But something like this, they felt like this was in. You know, you had to understand. Yeah, what this was a reference to. Hmm. You know, you could say just like, oh, they, <laughs> you know, make a joke like, ah, geez, all this and they're Lutherans or something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Do a Lutherans joke. Uh, like, it's like Wobegon. Yeah. Take take it to those Lutherans. <laughs> those uppity fucking Lutherans. <laughs> um, those cannibalistic, <laughs> mutated Lutherans. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, uh, Rusty calls them the B team and 21 takes charge at this point. Yeah. He loses uh, he's patience. like, this is, you know, this is ridiculous. Yeah. So um, he, he gives everybody their jobs. Dermot and Hank are going to keep watch. They're going to provide a recon for them. Billy and Peter, Pete are going to work on decontamination because they can't get in there to you know, get the machine and deliver it. And Rusty is going to work on reversing the mutations, possibly the most important thing, the most delicate thing, and the thing that Rusty is least equipped to do. Yeah, he does not do it. No. Uh, we'll get into. Um, so back in the Indy, uh, Eden, Hadrid is being whipped. As Martin, as you know, Zizan sorry, as Martin is asking him what his name is, mm-hmm. uh, not his slave name. Uh, yes. This is Roots, then just performing the scenes from Roots, mm-hmm. uh, the scene from Roots to the audience. Yeah. Roots, uh, famous 70s uh, miniseries about slavery. Yeah. About LeVar uh, Burton. Yeah, LeVar Burton. Yeah. Breakout role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's real good. I remember liking it as a kid. Who knows what, what stands up like now, but I remember thinking it was really great. I watched it, I we young. watched it in uh, college. We watched it for a class, and it, it's it's still. It, I mean, I liked it then. That was you know more than ten years ago, but yeah, yeah. Roots is good. Yeah. Um, Talia brings Dean up, uh, you know, to challenge, um, and Martin says he can't be uh, there because he's an outsider, but he will accept the challenge. Yes, because uh, you know, Dean calls him a puss. You know. Yeah. Um, and they have to, they, they have to select their champion. I, I should have written down what they call their champion or whatever. And it's funny because yeah, the champions I, don't end up doing anything. Uh, Dean picks hatred and <laughs> hatred admits that his first name is Courtney. I had my grandma or whatever. And then he stops explaining. He says, Hey, just don't tell anybody. Yeah. There, there's no, does this, I can't remember if this pays off or does anything. No. If the idea is just that he has one of those names that could be a girl's name. Yeah. I think the and idea is literally just he, the point of the scene is to do roots. Yeah. And then reveal that limp fart of a joke. Yeah. I think like, that might be it. I don't know. Yeah. This should have been cut. It's not worth it. Um, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I do like it. Martin being like, I choose my main man, Matt. And it's just <laughs> this big ogre comes over and gives him a high five. Yep. Uh, well, it's a, so it's two high fives. Matt, uh, just in one motion hits both yes. of his hands on the right. 
yeah, it's very cute. Yeah. Um, so Rusty's sleeping at his, at his computer playing Oregon Trail, uh, and Pete and Billy yell at him for just like you know because he said he was rusting his, rusting his eyes. Like, what are you, my dad? Uh, you know, he's not working on it. The decan- decontamination plan is ready. Uh, they need the plasma engine from the floating platform, but Rusty sold it to St. Cloud. Yeah. Uh, despite it being priceless memorabilia. Yeah. But Billy is furious. You know, even names the episode that it was from. It was like the tale of the disappearing space boy or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, Rusty says, oh, I've been running these simulations and all of them resulted in death. He's just been playing Oregon Trail. He gave up before it even started. He knows about uh, Palo Salazar. You know, the the human beetle guy. Uh, if he couldn't fix genetic mutations, there's no hope that Rusty could. We cut over to uh, Dr. Mrs. The Monarch explaining Palo uh, Salazar to the Monarch. Um, a top scientist mutated himself into a bug man. Um, you know, shortly after that happened, uh, he, you know, he became a circus performer who was presumed dead. And then a Beatle-themed supervillain uh, started stealing all the science stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. and Mrs. The Monarch managed to recover his notes, uh, and the Monarch uh, begs her for sex since he's very rubbed up from her uh, being it's, into science. Yeah, that's There's a, a, the, the great line delivery where she's like, I have to finish my work, and he goes, finish me! <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm all rubbed up from this heart-to-heart style repartee. Oh, no. man. <laughs> no, very good. So um, I love the training video that Augustus St. Cloud is watching oh, is when great. it cuts over to him. Yeah. Just Dr. Z, uh, you know, talking about how to spot a blunderer. And, and, a and, blunderer! A blunderer! Yeah. And it's very, very relatable in the commentary when you hear them talking about like, oh, yeah, we were just taking on Dr. Z calling everything a blunderer, you know. <laughs> I love the bit um, in the commentary they talk about Dean drinking bodega sodas. Uh-huh. <laughs> And how they wanted to get Brock to be in, get into Pocky. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, Patrick going Warburton out. and be like, going to the bodega, give me a pa, Pocky. <laughs> if, if you go, go in there, like, bring me some Pocky. Love Pocky. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's really, the idea of Brock loving Pocky is very funny. Oh, gosh. It just, it's just it's his one vice. I'll addition to the cigarettes mm-hmm. and the sex. <laughs> so, but just, yeah, them doing an impression of Warburton saying Pocky is very good very cute yeah uh he turns off the tv because he hears a noise he asks pi way uh who is his uh asian albino p-y <laughs> or p-y yeah uh to go uh check out the noise uh pete and billy run into the staff of raw that they have there making the noise uh they think that somebody perhaps crapped themselves but it's a corpse flower yes uh that grabs them Gobbles them up, and Augustus walks down wearing his dorky, uh, his, his, his dorky uh, costume. Uh, it's like a gold magneto helmet with just some storm clouds around it. Yeah, <laughs> the same cloud uh, hat is great. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the uh, he t- tells his plant to let them go, Slagathor. <laughs> it is a cutting from the plant uh, from the movie Voodoo Island uh, with uh, Boris Karloff and Adam West. Uh, he says the wrong release here, and uh, uh, Billy corrects him again furiously. He doesn't even care. He doesn't even know what he has. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, Billy says, like, hey, we're just here to get the, the, the platform. And Augustus says he'll give it to him. It'll only cost him $1, the amount that he's, uh, Billy sniped him on an auction. Uh, and gives him a can with one dollar worth of pennies and tells Billy to eat them. Eat the pennies. Uh, Come on, just eat the pennies. I'm not gonna eat the pennies. <laughs> this could have gone on for ten minutes, and I would have loved funny. it. <laughs> it's real good. Just eat the pennies. Uh, the uh, Augustus is even willing to, to throw in a helper 
Because mm-hmm. uh, Rusty sold Helper. I just it's so sad. <laughs> and Pete, like even Pete's like, oh god, that's just cold. Like it's unacceptable yeah. that he did this. And Helper is just in a display case with other robots. <laughs> yep. Slowly going insane. Yep. Uh Billy makes his counter proposal. Uh winner takes all uh one question trivia uh contest. Mm-hmm. Um and if uh Billy loses, Augustus gets Pete. He's collecting albinos now. Yeah, so he doesn't just um, have you, you know the, the the Pete White equivalent, which is this this mute albino Asian man. Uh but he wants the actual one as well. Um yeah. uh, yes. And St. Cloud is, you know, excited about this because he can show off you know, kind of the the piece de resistance from his uh from his collection. He you know, clicks a button, the wall opens up, and it is the full set from the Quiz Boys TV show. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Dermot and Hank report uh, to 21 about people being eaten in the Eden uh, there. 21 calls Rusty, who's on the toilet, um, you know, and they think he's having a push mm. uh, there. And Rusty, you know, pushes back on that, <laughs> that terminology. Yeah. It's so gross. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, i love that this is just echoed over with the with the monarch who also just like as a lark calls it a push without realizing just like oh i don't even know where i heard that that's vile and and dr girlfriend's like that is foul (laughs) (laughs) it's like a really nasty phrase for it yeah just it's just one of those euphemism that is actually worse than saying the thing yeah Yeah. uh rusty explains the the cure he came up with which is just roofies again it's yep. like pot mixed with roofies like yep. his cure to everything is roofies yeah it's it's it's, um, it's, it's roofies antibiotics with, with a little bit of baby aspirin yeah just yeah, yeah pathetic mm-hmm. uh 21 calls hatred uh he says hey we can't really talk now we're inside and dean is in trouble yeah um talia addresses the the assembled children of palemon uh here to witness the challenge uh there yeah. Um, and uh, Hadrid's, you know, they think they're going to fight at this point. Hadrid tells uh, him, you know, some tips like, hey, Martin's new arms are weak, you know, and awkward. This is going to put him off balance. But Dean chooses his own mode of combat, which is Way of the Indian. Yeah. Uh, which are all the little kid uh, Indian games, yeah. uh, you know, that use that as the prefix. Yes. Uh, so like then they, they start doing this, this little combat montage where they're doing Indian sunburn, you know, the thing where you grab somebody's forearm and then just kind of twist to do like skin mm-hmm. abrasions. Um, I, I, I was unfamiliar with this eating, eating a bunch of crackers and then whistling. Uh, yeah. Game. I don't know what that is. Yeah. I don't know what that is. Uh, and then they're doing a leg wrestle. And Dean wins. Yeah. And in the commentary, they're like, yeah, just this, uh, you know, this Eagle Scouts, this Eagle Scouts idea, uh, of, of, <laughs> of what native American culture was like. Yeah. 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 Very good. Yeah. Um, uh, Talia declares that the second age has begun at yeah. this point. Um, back at the St. Clouds, Pete has retaken his uh, his role as the host of the show. I like how P- PY uh, is clapping for for Augustus. He's down in the little sunken lounge, um, and he scowls when Billy is announced. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do one question uh, here: uh, How many robots are in Helper's cabinet? Uh, Augustus says five because there's one of them wearing another robot as a necklace. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Billy counters it's four uh, because one of them, Nomad One, is never called a robot. Yep. This, this drove me nuts. It's clearly a robot. It's like a thinking machine that mm-hmm. goes around and moves and stuff. It's such a robot. 
Yeah. Like if I were Augusta St. Cloud, I would not accept this. Yeah. This isn't trivia. This is just as a hot dog, a sandwich, which it makes sense for. Exactly. Yeah. It it makes sense for for them as that particular kind of dork to be into it. Um, Augustus accepts his defeat gracefully, but he does swear revenge. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Again, I want, like I, I want to, the penny stuff is funny. I want to like this a little bit more than I do, but it doesn't, Mm -hmm. it doesn't make any sense. The character action doesn't make any sense Mm. to me. Yeah. put up with it it's yeah it's hot dog a sandwich yeah. stuff um but you know it gets them the thing they need yes to, to do the thing yeah uh so rusty is in the tunnels he hooks up his antidote gas to the ventilation system going into eden uh he calls 21 21 has to cipher these theses and says like yeah uh you know so they're going going to uh bring about the apocalypse they're going to mutate everybody uh but all rusty hears is that the race shield is done like oh that's the best news i've heard all day and this is where we get you know the favorite line of the episode don't take this as an insult but working for you and the monarch it's like the same thing <laughs> Yeah, very good. Yeah. Uh, n- nice little bit uh, there. Uh, the cocoon heads off towards the Venture compound. Um, the monarch has his plan. He's going to open the hatch on the Eden uh, and send his henchman out like a mighty push. <laughs> uh, and just, again, Dr. Mr. Monarch, like, oh, just visceral reaction. <laughs> Didn't you just call it a movement? Yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't know where he got it. The The implication, him and 21, one of them got it from the other one. Yeah. That's why they both say it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the uh, Pete and Billy are driving back on the platform, you know, really excited after uh, besting their their arch enemy. Um, Pete's like, we can even uh, we can keep this. We want it fair and square. We can even keep helper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Billy's like, no more robots. You never even play with Robobo anymore. Get a cat. Play with uh, Robobo. Very sad. You never play with Robobo anymore. <laughs> Robobo. Oh. I mean, he's, he's sentient. Yeah. Like, he needs stimulation. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> he's going <laughs> to die. Yeah. He needs it. Uh, but this, uh, but this uh, transmission is interrupted. The cocoon arrives, and we are in kind of the action climax of this as everything kind of goes. Yep. Uh, so the moppets go up, and they cut a hatch open uh, for them to uh, dispense the mutants. Um, and inside, all of the children are uh, doing just a, are, are welcoming in the second age, doing Ewok dances and singing. Um, Pelemon, <laughs> just that, that, that weird chain. little Ewok pop song that the Ewoks <laughs> play. Yep. Yeah, they invented gentle pop music. Yeah. Uh, Talia comes up to Dean, you know, and and is like, you know, Dean's like, we have to stop this. And she's like, no, like, we want the second age. I'll be your queen. We'll rule the world. We'll make out on make out and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he basically <laughs> then declares himself the Lee Hyung Cook took. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's down for it. Yes, he is. He, he is swayed by kissing with tongues. <laughs> yes yeah uh 21 catches a ride on the floating platform um as they uh, go up to the cocoon but uh he, he slips and uh he, he squeaks down the side of the dome we get a good so get, get a good look at his gut and his hench for life uh tattoo um as uh the the pipe extends and the monarch calls for the mutants to be de- deployed he doesn't even care that uh, 21 has gotten a hold of the moppets yes uh, the, uh, so butterflies end up, uh, coming out of the tube instead injecting the interns with a liquid, uh, there at the same time, Rusty opens, uh, the tank to put the decontamination gas in there. Um, so the monarch is like, why aren't there mutants coming out? And Dr. Mrs. The monarch brings out Paulo Salazar who managed to change himself back. He's yeah. the, the world's foremost expert on reversing mutations. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, do you know, like what did this, did this follow for you? 
Like, why did Dr. Mrs. The Monarch, like, she's like, you know, you don't fight fire with fire, you fight with water. Yeah. Stopping all of these things. No, that followed. Uh, like, he's, he still gets to win, and they don't have to deal with a bunch of unpredictable mutants running around their house. I That's what she says, but it never seemed like the Monarch cared about dealing with unpredictable mutants. Well, well, like, he takes this really easily, too. It just feels like he wanted the the Andre Giants. Yeah. I mean, me. he, he, he accepts it. Like, he he's resistant to it. But then she says, oh, you win, you know, you get to win and we don't have to deal with that. And he accepts it because it's a win. Yeah. Yeah. I know, which it, is, it doesn't feel, which is all that he matters. Doesn't feel like the yeah. monarch to me. Yeah. I think he'd want the mutant army. Yeah. That's like his whole thing. Yeah. You know, I just I, 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 I think it, he's I think he's petty enough to take it. It petty. It, it feels unpetty to me mm-hmm. oh. to do it. It would be a win if you had the mutants because he wants the mutants. Yeah. You know, he wanted the uh, he wants the big super science shit. He's the same yeah. you know same monarch who like had Rusty in a marionette. Yeah, like he doesn't want to just <laughs> cure his enemy. Yeah. I mean, I I I, I disagree, but that's fine. <laughs> no, I just I just yeah, I just don't see it. Yeah, it makes the episode really neat. Mm-hmm. Like neat in a, a it wraps up. Yeah, kind yeah. of way, you know. But it, ends, it still ends up feeling like an anticlimax to me. Like I don't know what the emotional payoff, yeah, is meant to be here. Like, what is what is the payoff for the monarch part of this? Oh, know? just 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 that he got another another win and the game continues. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel satisfying to me. Yeah, um, you know, or it doesn't feel like it would be satisfying to him, and yeah. it also doesn't feel satisfying to me. Consequently, I can see that. Yeah. Um, the, uh, so the, the gas starts spraying up in the cocoon. This is, uh, Rusty's roofie mix. Um, it's pot smoke basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. The cocoon, uh, pulls away. Yeah. In a sense, like, hey, we got massive amounts of narcotics pumping in. Uh, so they yeah. get that. Uh, and it's later in the morning. They, 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 they get the pale of rain, the plane. Uh, JJ has, uh, got his, uh, he's got his piece of priceless venture ingenuity. Mm-hmm. Um and uh Billy can't believe that the decontamination gas worked and neither neither can Rusty because it didn't. He just knocked yeah. everybody out. No, Dr. Girlfriend did it. Yeah. Um all the interns are all dazed. They're unmutated. They don't remember anything mm-hmm. uh here, including Dean and the girl he made out with. So that's sad. Yeah. Uh he doesn't get to keep his memory of it. I, I do um, I do I like, like the way yeah, the, the way that yeah. lines up with Hank. Like, you know, Dean's like, Oh, do I know that girl? I think we made out or something. Check your watch. That works for me sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that's a great line. That's yeah. that's a very good callback. Yeah. Uh 21 looks down in hatred is like, why do you still have tits? Uh, and that's our cut to credits. Mm-hmm. Um, the post credit credits is Monarch and Dr. Mrs. the Monarch being high. Yeah, a little bit of a it's kind of limp. Together. Yeah does not uh, continue stuff. So it's like, a, like the individual jokes in this episode, I end up, there are a bunch of them I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does sit, uh, it sits with me weird. Yeah. Can't, can't lie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoy the pastiche, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's hitting buttons, the hitting buttons that I enjoy. Um, I like the jokes and stuff. I agree that the ending, you know, it's, it, it is a little bit uh, kind of too, too clean or whatever, but I just, it's just one of those things. Maybe it's just uh, varying sensitivities. It's not, it's not getting in the way as much for me as it is for you. Yeah. I think that uh, for me in a general sense, I don't love when the Venture Brothers does pastiche without, without a little bit more twist to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's you more satisfying. It's more satisfying and everybody comes to Hank's because that is, that, that is entirely about a very important part of Hank's character. You know, yeah, that, they that, carries that, the macro plot forward yeah. a lot, mm-hmm. you know, um, it, it, that felt 
Like there are parts of that that were like, you know, didn't work for me because they just felt like pastiche being displayed. Mm-hmm. But at the very least, it was it made sense within the world because it was Hank's, you know, weird brain. Yeah, it's a, you know, it's, make, it's make it him full, fully inhabiting whatever uh, whichever costume he wears, right? And and now it's like Hank's brain is inside out. Yeah, and everyone is in the brain. Mm-hmm. You know, and just feel it just feels a little weird. It's not a death knell, but it's mm-hmm. just a little bit weird to me. Yeah. So, and there are a couple of jokes I also think are hacky in this. Uh, I think hatred having breast is hacky. Yep. I think him being named Courtney is hacky. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't know exactly what the joke is. It feels like they should have worked harder. Yeah. On yeah. that. To me. The, 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 this is also kind of the start of them not knowing what to do with hatred uh, to a certain yeah. degree. You know, like there's a little bit of character rot for him. You know, uh, especially as, never really figure it out. Yeah. You know, he, he gets nothing to do in the New York zone. Yeah. Uh, here, but it, it just, it's, it feels like too much of like a, it feels like the joke is beneath them to like, what if we just made this character have tits? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So good, good, good episode. Some, some really great moments to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. no, gr- no griddle snacks. <laughs> yeah. I love, I love, I love everything with the, with the orange jumpsuits. That's very funny to me. It does come mid bigger. Uh, all of that stuff is very funny to me. And I think that the guest stars do a really great, great job. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this, uh, you know, I always loathe to praise Aziz Ansari, uh, given that he had that really horrible date experience <laughs> thing. Yeah. But it, uh, it, he's, he's very funny in this. He, he does a good work. Like, like when he selects, when he selects his, uh, his weapon for the challenge, it is like, I, I pick the so-and-so blade that, that shines like the moon. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very good. Like yeah. you just, you know, him doing that Randy voice. Yeah. Uh, and that stuff is very cute. Mm-hmm. Kay McKinnon's obviously awesome in this. It's, uh, it's. It's good. Yes. It just, yeah, it it just doesn't feel as venture brotheries to me as I wanted to. Yeah, I think I could see it. So, uh, in the next episode, we have venture Libre, another episode. I remember very little about other than just being a Dr. Moreau parody, which that would also make sense for me. Just being like, Oh, they're just parading. Yeah. Things. Yeah. There's, you know, yeah. Yeah. Kind get, of a bummer. Good. Get, get, get into that. Uh, get, get into that part of the whiteboard. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, thanks everybody for listening. We appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Uh, welcome to 2022. Yep. Um, uh, it's the same. It, yeah. No, there, 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 there's, there, there's no reason to expect it to be different. That'd be weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if, uh, you want to help us out, you can go to patreon.com slash TV and, uh, kick us a few bucks a month that supports the network and also gets you like whole bonus shows. There's a ton of, uh, ton of bonus content there for you to peruse. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you can also, uh, leave ratings reviews on Apple podcasts or podcast addict, mm-hmm. both of which are very appreciated. And if you have venture brothers, buddies, tell them about the show. Yeah. If you have thoughts about season five, as you listen, go ahead and write in, go to duckfeed.tv slash contact and click the orb button. Yeah. And just, uh, you know, first episode of, uh, season five of the show, mm-hmm. big shout out to Brayden Cameron, our announcer. Yeah. And Gwen Static, uh, who composed our theme song. And also uh special thanks to uh Joshua Jarrett for our uh for our podcast art for our cover art. Yeah, absolutely. Uh and until next time, go, go team, team venture. venture.